0: camera there we go well uh my dad would be 80 if he was still alive but uh may he rest in peace father still thinking of you on this day wtf is obsidian how many more programs do we have to learn workouts in six kilometers at lunch or thereabouts among other things episode 43 is done finally have a listen after today's episode folks Friday, uh, January 5th, 2024, I'm Stephen Sersky, Canadian expat here in uh, Beijing, China, and I've uh, been here for quite a while. Um, in the, Actually, this this job that I have now, I actually got after my father passed away, and I know it's, it seems a little odd to um, start an episode like this, where, you know, talking about death, uh, but two things have sort of happened, uh, and I, almost, I was actually... Trying, wondering whether or not it would be a good idea to talk about this as I release the podcast because uh, uh, I didn't want to sort of mix, send mixed signals. But I'll tell you, um, today is my father, would be my father's birthday. Uh, So, but uh, he uh, passed away a few years ago. That event, which I've talked about before, I won't uh, go into too much detail this year, uh, this time. But uh, suffice it to say that when he passed... Uh, it did sort of upend my life in some in of course in the normal not good way that when a parent passes, but also in some very comical ways as well that I can laugh at now, uh, but it was sort it was very very trying to uh, to get through at that time. Uh, least of all, I mean it did actually set me up for getting the job that I have now sort of thing. And so I had this job, for the last uh, seven years, eight years, seven years, so it's been uh, quite uh, quite the rise since then. Of course, we've suffered from uh, suffered through the pandemic in that time, uh, but uh, yeah, kind of, so just thinking of my father, uh, every now and then in, in Ukrainian, uh, we say, uh, which is memory eternal. Uh, it's, it's usually one of the uh, more heart-rending songs you can hear uh, at a, a funeral uh, mass, a funeral liturgy, but I won't dwell on that today, uh, I'm, I am thinking of my father, but uh, in terms of other other things going on, there was actually one other person I, I met who passed away, I didn't meet him, but uh, uh, he um, last, a couple days ago actually just reserve, received word that he passed away, so this first week of January has apparently been one of these times that um, hasn't always been nice to some people, so thinking of you guys, uh, thinking of... Uh, the people that I'm not with being uh, since I am here in Beijing, China. And uh, I also think of all the, uh, like a lot of the, um, the the Chinese kids and the Chinese people who often spend long amounts of time uh, away from each other. And they uh, really do hold Spring Festival to be a, a time to get together and finally, you know, re- sort of reconnect with their family members. And Spring Festival is coming up in about a month's time. so. All right, moving on. WTF is Obsidian. Uh, so yeah, as you know, I have been uh, studying some social media output productivity and tools and stuff like that. And uh, this is another note-taking app that I've uh, come across. This is kind of similar to Apple Notes. It's similar to Evernote. It's similar even to Trello and things like that. Uh, but the difference is, is that uh, you, you, there are paid tiers for it. You don't have to pay for it, but in terms of its flexibility and malleability, because it has a lot of plugin features that you can use, uh, although you have to pay to sync notes across devices, $8 a month US, there are ways, there are workarounds. You can install it in your, you can actually install the Obsidian, whatever it is, um, like the file onto your iCloud, iCloud account and that will enable you to access it across your devices. Uh, the other thing that you could do that there are uh, plugins that are available that can help you sort of work around the, uh, the syncing necessary. If you don't need the sync and you just wanna use it on one device or you're, you're content sharing that note using AirDrop or something, uh, that would um, also be uh, perfectly uh, acceptable uh, to do if you wanna do that. Now, what I guess th- I, I finally downloaded it today. And this, uh, this program, Obsidian, sort of runs, I guess, in competition. But, I mean, there doesn't have to be a competition, but against Notion. And I've talked about Notion before. Um, apparently, I've been looking at ways to sort of better organize my note takings. I've been using Apple Notes. I used to use Android Notes or whatever it was, InkPad. Uh, and I lost all of those when I had lost my phone, fo- or my phone kind of went kapoof. Uh, Apple Notes, although it was good... Uh, for a quick note, it really doesn't do sort of uh, to-do lists or sketches or like uh, big picture. Uh, how do I put this? Big picture for one small project, right? So if you have like 17 component parts that you have to do for uh, one project, hello, podcasting, you got to go through editing, title card, uh, uploading, et cetera. Uh, that is um, something that would be nice to have an easy to make template checkbox check you know check you know checklist sort of thing that you can go through apple notes doesn't do that very well but things like obsidian can do it i think trello can do it and uh, notion i think could also be set up for it as well but uh I've just been introduced to notion as well. I haven't uh, really had a look around, but anyway, I'm looking at some videos online, this is my, my big thing. lately. actually I've been using YouTube to uh, literally I go how to use, and then fill in the tool that I want to use. So I mean, it's like how to use YouTube, how to use Zapier, how to use notion, how to use obsidian, how to use uh, Canva, how to use um, uh DJI Osmo six gimbal, you know, things like that. I've just been going through all these uh, videos that, uh, uh, I want to sort of, I'm giving myself a, a month, a crash course, basically, uh, a cobbled together crash course, about 140 hours of research to better myself, to learn how to create uh, good social media output so that I can do this across the like five or six different accounts that I run uh, across different social media platforms. You're probably going, when did you get six, Stephen? And I go, okay, well, I have my, just thinking my YouTube channels, uh, my original YouTube channel. I've got uh, another one dedicated to uh, Stevie Skirsky, which is just getting underway. I've got one for my language vlog. I've got one for uh, um, the other one that I do. Um, What's the other big one? Language vlog podcast. There we go. (laughs) The big podcast, which I got to get underway. And then there's two or three other ones that I sort of manage uh, as well. So um, it's something that I've been building up over time. Oh, maybe make your movie is another one. And, uh, there's another one that I, I also help out with, uh, the management on. So making sure I can track, uh, distribution, track publication across all of these accounts and make sure that they are all sort of, uh, organized. I've been using, uh, in order to sort of keep this all together, I've been using Chrome and the different profiles that you can build. And then that way is keep a cache of all the passwords and everything, but that is very computer dependent. So I need my computer. I can't act. I mean, I can access those, um, it? the accounts from different devices, but then I have to remember the password, which means I need a, a special document or key code that I need to, to get into all these places or forget password, right? You got to go through that rigmarole, which I don't like to do, especially if I've moved IP addresses, because it tends to flag you as a, uh, sometimes a, a malicious attack. So all that being said is I, I'm spending some time learning these different how tos, the different tools, different productivity tips and stuff like that, that other people are getting done, other people are using. I've, I've been doing this for a while, like in terms of learning how to do stuff through YouTube. The difference with this is that this is very targeted towards social media. Uh, if I tracked how long it took me to learn Logic Pro, um, yeah, wow. That would be a long time. Um, four years. We're going out, This is four years that uh, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic. It was January 2020 when things kicked off and I went to Waggis uh, with my computer, uh, which is Waggis is a computer. Uh, no, it's like a, a, a restaurant here, Western style restaurant eatery here. And I was there with my, my computer and the Logic Pro manual with the idea to just sit there and learn it. Four years later, I'm still learning it, but uh, I'm far much farther along than I was uh, four years ago when I first started sort of piecing together how to navigate Logic Pro and all of its uh, hidden little files and folders and uh, key commands and stuff like that. So Obsidian, if you've never used it, have a look, see if it's any good. It is free. Uh, you can also do a paid tier as well. Workouts in, six kilometers at lunch, complete with the pull-ups, push-ups, squats, and the lunges. So I did not want to work out today, but I was encouraged by two things. One, it has become a habit to sort of every Friday at lunchtime, suit up and go for a run. Uh, I did not want to do the 100 pull-ups. And I remember, actually, I realized actually last week I didn't do my workout. Uh, I did. I ended up doing a, a sort of a makeshift workout on... Wednesday evening, and then I didn't work out again uh, at, in in Guangzhou, um, which I would actually like to change. I'd like to bring TRX straps with me because that would be something that would, could be useful to uh, to work out. But when traveling, it's not so much like the tools; it's the willpower to get the workout in that's more of a trouble. Uh, but today I did not really feel like working out, so I was like, okay, well, I got to get that workout in. Number two. Uh, is that apparently? I was watching this, uh, the latest Huberman Lab podcast with none other than David Goggins. <laughs> and I've talked about David Goggins quite a bit before, uh, but uh, he's uh, like, Goggins is known for like I'm saying it, his catchphrase is like, stay hard. And this guy's run ultra marathons. He set the record for a number of pull ups in one day, uh, in 24 hours or something like that. Uh, so he does a lot of stuff, and he he a lot of his Instagram videos are are him screaming at the camera, telling you to stop being a little bitch, uh, which okay fine, uh, but and there's a place for that. Uh, but he also does it, and this podcast that he talks about, he talks a lot more about um, the like uh, some of the things that have sort of happened since he's become a lot more well known. And two of the things that sort of stuck out was number one. He was resistant to going onto social media and he still resists having a documentary team follow him because he doesn't want the whiny little guy who doesn't want to change trying to pick him apart when Do- Goggins can't face him up sort of thing. It's like it's one thing to call him any sort of names to his face. It's another thing to talk behind his back. But like if you were to if he were to post something on social media and then all the trolls come out. Well, how is he going to customer service that? Does he is he feel the need to? This guy runs two hundred miles. Why would he spend his time performing customer service on a bunch of trolls? And by cu- performing customer, service, I mean like answering tweets and comments and videos and stuff like that, and offering suggestions. No, so that's why he does these short clips, like one minute clips on Instagram. He basically screams at you. He just says the only reason why you're still fat and lazy is because you're fat and lazy. If you got up and just changed your mind, determined to change yourself, you would change yourself. Now go put your panties on and go for a run and do some pull-ups. He doesn't actually say those things. It's kind of the gist of what he's he's saying though. And in this podcast with Huberman, uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, uh, he talks about how sometimes he, actually not sometimes, he resisted going onto social media because there was no secret. There was nothing other than you just go do it. You don't. Think about it. You don't sit there debating whether or not you don't go off of the passion or the feeling. You just go do it. If you're going to decide to lose 100 pounds, then you look at what you're eating. You figure out what's good for you. You figure out what's bad. And you add in some exercise. Exercises that you can. Exercises that you'd like to work up to. And how much can you do in a given week, given that you do have a job or other commitments and stuff like that. So and he's, he says it is He's like, I'm not special. He's not special at all. He just did it. There is no instruction book. He just goes and does it. The other thing, and it's a disappoints it's at this point in the podcast. I actually haven't listened to the whole thing, but um, Huberman jumps in and says there's actually uh, some science that's coming out. Some science, <laughs> some research that comes out uh, that talks about or discusses or analyzes the area of the brain called the anterior mid-cingulate cortex. And if you're going WTF, is that Stephen? Like, why? Why are you talking about this? The interesting thing about this part of the brain, which is like somewhere in the back part of your brain that sort of is a little earlobe shape, um, uh, organ or piece of flesh. It responds to when you do things that you don't want to do. It enlarges. And I guess, and my takeaway from it is that if you constantly do things that you don't like doing, this part of the brain enlarges. And apparently this helps you make better decisions. Like it increases your decision-making ability uh, for some reason. Now, if you the, the catch of this though is that if you do the hard things that you don't like doing, and then you find out you like them, it shrinks. So it goes in the opposite direction. No idea what the implications of all this are, uh, but they seem to sort of agree that the more you do that sucks, like you genuinely don't want to do it. Kind of like like today, I was like, I do not want to go for a run. Matter of fact, I, I think I want to just stop working out on Fridays, to tell you the truth. I don't want to work out twice a day anymore. I just want to work out, you know, maybe whenever I feel like it and eat some chips and have have regretless beers. Wouldn't that be nice? Can can I go back to those days? or are those days gone? Oof, good question. Well, I think it's an easy question to answer. I know what Goggins would say to it. Uh, but uh, so this whole idea of like doing the hard thing, making sure that you're you're taking on the challenges and uh, pushing yourself and leaving it up to sort of it to become more of habit than anything else. And this sort of goes in with this, uh, this book, this Power of Habit book that I've been reading as well. You can actually build up these habits. And I was thinking, one of the reasons why it was hard for me to switch from going from two to days to only one a day workouts which I still haven't done is because those days monday, wednesday, friday have just become so easy, so ingrained in my routine, my schedule that it's easier just to go do it than to fight the idea of not doing it. so because if i basically if i sat there after work on a monday, wednesday, friday thinking no, 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 i'm not going to work out, i'm going to do this instead, i don't think i would because I'd be fighting it I'd be the alternative thought like the the thought that sort of goes through my mind is like you could do both if you just got up and got it done you don't need to think about it you just need to go do it you don't have to do an hour and a half workout you can do a 35 minute hard workout or even a 45 minute gentle workout then shower up and get going on to the next project You you don't have to sit there scrolling Instagram for ideas or to look at pretty women. You don't have to do any of that. You just, you get up, you lift the weights, you pick pick them up from point A, you move them to point B and then put them back into point A. So they're not in the way anymore. You do that 15, 20 minutes times three. And it's now 45 minutes. Move on to the next. (laughs) Like simple. So it's, it is simple to say. Now, Picking up those. And literally, actually, there, there were. T- I think I started out today literally just lifting up the 28 kilo uh, kettlebell and putting it on the couch and then putting it back down again. That's the easiest way I know how to start my workouts. Just pick something up and move it. Farmer's carries is the fancy word for it. I just call it picking up a weight and moving it from point A to point B and back again. So there you go. Some workout motivation. Anterior mid-cingulate cortex. No idea whether or not this is going to be important. Seems like it's kind of... Um, I don't know, a reactionary part of our bodies. All right. Well, moving on. Episode number 43 is done and dusted. Head on over to Spotify, Apple, or Google, or uh, hopefully my website should be uploaded by now, although the MP3s have not been uploaded just yet. Alyssa Brown, fellow expat here. She is the owner and operator of Brownie Bites, which is a uh, local bakery or baking Uh, company a business I should say and she runs this through WeChat so if you're in China and you're in Beijing you can look her up through the Sweet Cravings Beijing uh, WeChat channel and uh, you can order her baked goods through that she specializes in these uh, like Starbucks like scones like the vanilla bean scones and the pumpkin scones and stuff like that I've been ordering them for from her for a while and I actually told her this there's a direct correlation between me talking to her and my weight increasing none of which is her fault and is everything has to do with me. Uh but uh, in this episode we actually talk a little bit about what it's like to uh, own and operate a, a business here or work and you know sort of conduct a little business here uh and then what it's like why she even got into baking in China. Where does she sort of where did she get the idea? Why did she do it? And what was it like to survive the pandemic given that she basically arrived 3 weeks before that whole thing kicked off. Her 5th anniversary in China just happened back in uh, uh, the beginning of December. Uh, The episode was recorded back in November and I've been talking about it since then. So finally it is released. You can head on over to Spotify to have a listen. But I do have a clip of the show after today's daily blog. All right. That's it, folks. It's the weekend. I do work again tomorrow, but I'm tired because I've been working on this podcast and getting through December drumming and January and stuff like that. And I got a whole lot more, you know. For all I'm tired, I do love sitting down afterwards and looking at that track list. And I love looking at the numbers tick higher for the podcast. And I do, I like it when actually people say, hey, that was a good podcast. Or, or sometimes they don't say anything and I kind of go, oh, was it that bad? <laughs> but uh, this has been a pretty good week. Uh, I know I started off today's episode a little bit on a somber note. But uh, if you want something else to uh, listen to, in addition to episode 43 of the big podcast, head on over to uh, uh, my website or for to Spotify and look up the audio blog of Steven Zersky. This podcast here, January 2nd episode, I give you a rundown of the last 15 years of my traveling that I've been doing. So there you go. Two podcasts for you to have a listen to. Uh, January 2nd edition of the daily audio blog. And of course, episode number 43 with Alyssa Brown of Brownie Bites uh, in my uh, big podcast. Thanks again, folks. We'll uh, leave it there. Hope you're doing well. Have a great weekend. We will do this again. Oh, and yeah, show notes and tracks are available up on my website, stephensersky.com. And of course, don't forget to have a listen to uh, music.bandcap.com for all the creative audio that I've been talking about. Thanks again. We'll do this again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.
1: I guess it runs in my family, but it more so actually started as like a channel for my stress when I was in grad school. So Mm -hmm. when I was getting my master's degree, I would always take a day a week to find a new recipe on Pinterest and just bake it. And then I had a part-time job at the time, so I would just bring whatever I made into work and feed my colleagues. And Mm -hmm. um, it started as that, and I just, I guess I kind of kept it. So it's been about a decade since then, and yeah.
0: What was your master's in that was giving you such stress?
1: (laughs) Um, English literature.
0: (laughs) Oh, the best, classic, classic. And that brought you over to Beijing as well? Or what What was the sequence of events there?
1: Oh, okay. So what brought me to Beijing, China? Um, so it was actually an internship opportunity that I had my sophomore year of college. And the internship itself was in Chengdu. It was like a partnership through the YWCA. Mm-hmm. And initially it was a love with Chinese food, but then it like, became more and I fell in love with the culture and the people and I was like well you know what when I graduate college I'm gonna come back to China somehow and uh yeah here I am I this is uh, I'm going on my fifth year here so fifth I year. kept okay. true to my word ah
0: yeah. see so that's and 200. so that was 2019 or 2018 you came over
1: <laughs> I came in 2019 literally three weeks before, before... lockdown
0: before the, yeah. the grand pandemic, that all made us question what we were <laughs> doing. Uh, so then that means you got Goodness, here like a, yes. in December or what? This is so it's happy five, uh, happy fifth anniversary, basically in December.
1: Yes, yes, oh, wow. um, yeah, literally three, like December eighth, I think, is the anniversary.
0: Wow, and and you landed in Chengdu or you landed in Beijing? Uh, where did you?
1: I landed from? in Beijing. <clears throat> Uh, my Chengdu adventures again were oh gosh longer than I <laughs> about ten years ago now. Oh, wow. um, okay. So I spent three months there, and then after I got my master's, I I came here.